When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The Windy City Podcast. Very excited to announce we're going to be doing one Bulls podcast a week. Brian Beto, longtime WGN radio back in the day, the voice of Bradley basketball, diehard Bulls fans going to be with me. And David Edelman. Longtime coach at Play Hard Hoops. David's been on the college level, runs his own program now, knows more about basketball than I'd say 75% of the people in the NBA. So I think you'll really enjoy hearing from David and Brian, and both of them have the fun gene, the nerd gene, and the diehard Bulls basketball gene. So I think this will be a lot of fun. We are going to talk today about where in the world this Bulls basketball team is at because they're actually creeping on having a home court advantage in the playoffs. But I think we all know that this team's not going to win a championship this year. But we'll start with the simple question, you know, are they good? What is this team? And where are we headed? And what's the most logical uh, way to get better from here? But it is good to have a relevant basketball team. I've been putting out on 365 days of CARM, the watchables. They're officially watchable, although I do have a little beef with the NBA right now. I just miss some of the old school stuff. Sometimes I feel like I'm watching pickup hoop at 24-7 fitness. It's just so loose out there. I need some defense. I need some some big bodies, and I could use uh, perhaps the three-point line to be backed up and to get rid of the corner three. That's a conversation for another time. But the team's playing well. Very well. Schedule's going to get tougher. We'll get into that. And uh, it'll be interesting if they do anything or are super aggressive at the deadline. I wouldn't be surprised uh, if some moves are made as they look towards the future. But, and Zach Levine, congratulations. You have worked your ass off. And you 1,000% deserve to be on the All-Star team. And he's there. And he's going to keep going from here. Everything you know about Zach... I've interviewed him a million times in the locker room. Professional, the, just the type of guy you want on your team. And slogged his way through Jim Boylan. Stick around for the end of the podcast. I've got some good Boylan for you. And has earned it. Flat out earned it. Came out early, was a stick figure. Worked, 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 worked on his shot, worked on his dribble. Worked on his vision. He's become a better passer. All of it. Zach Levine, congratulations. All right, let's get David and Brian in here. But first off, the Windy City Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. 
the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped, offering the precision-engineered tools for your family. Jules, I'm loving it. And you can get 20% off and free shipping. Use the code FANSIDED20 when you go to manscaped.com. You get this, the 3.0 kit, the perfect package 3.0 kit. Best ball hair trimmer ever, the lawnmower 3.0. Trimmer's got the LED light, comes inside their brand new perfect package. You get all, you get the, you get the boxers too. It's really um, just a phenomenal little package. They give, they, they throw in two free gifts, a pair of high performance boxer briefs, and you get a travel shed bag, which I like to call the dop kit. Back in the days of Camp Nabagamon. Manscaped.com. You will not be disappointed, and you get 20% off free shipping if you put in Fan Sided 20. All right, without further ado, let's go. Showtime. Levine accelerates all the way to the rim, challenging Reed. Right, let me get some butter with that roll, Zach. So, are the Bulls a good basketball team? Our Bulls pod, which you're going to be able to hear once a week here on DeWindy City. That's right, making news. Bulls pod. And I have been recruiting like nobody out there. Uh, David Edelman is a guy that I've been talking to for, I don't know, 10 years. Started in the Tibbs regime, and he, we would just have these deep, dark conversations about Tibbs that would last for an hour, and I'd get off the phone. And I'm like, nobody knows more about basketball than this guy. Uh, Coach Adels, welcome. I appreciate you being here. Oh, I love being on with you, Mark. And those Tibbs days were the best. They were, right? Brian, <laughs> Brian Beto, the diehard uh, the man that bought season tickets, and I told him not to in the 200 level when right before Derrick Rose got hurt and texted me about the Bulls more than anybody uh, and no, and just lives Bulls basketball. And, of course, uh, WGN, former intern, now the voice of Bradley basketball. B-Dog, good to have you. Always a pleasure. I think Coach and I are going to get along if, uh, if you say the kids' days were the best because, oh. because they certainly were. Oh, believe, believe me, <laughs> you two are going to get along. And, and maybe you won't at moments, which is totally fine, too. But, gentlemen, let, let's start with the topic here. Are the Bulls a good basketball team? Because, you know, I, I watched last night with the T-Wolves to rise to a rambunctious 15-16. and 16. That's three wins in a row. Five out of six, a good 10-game stretch here. Zach Levine going to the All-Star game. Uh, but I'm sitting there like, what's the ceiling? I don't want to be negative, but I guess I will be. What's the ceiling on this team? What are they, a 45-win team at best in a first-round playoff, somehow squeak it out, win, get blown out in the second round? But maybe maybe you guys see more. David, let me start with you. Are the Bulls a good basketball team? What would you say? I would not say they are a good basketball team right now. I would say they are a fun team. I would tell you that they're entertaining. I would tell you that they are uh, a team with some young players that are growing, and they have some veterans that I think are energized by a new regime around them, um, but probably wouldn't go as far to say that they're a good team right now. Beto, are they good? No, not good. <laughs> but I would echo a lot of what David had to say. And I'm assuming you mean a 45-win team during an 82-win season. Yeah. Not this year. No, not um, this, Right. Even so, I don't think they're even the, – their schedule gets significantly harder in the second half than it was the, the first half of this year. But it's okay that they're not good right now, in my opinion. I think, to David's point – 
there's a lot to be excited about for the first time in a significant period of time, uh, not just because Levine was an all-star. I, I spend most of my day thinking about Patrick Williams, just full disclosure, and, and what he can be. <laughs> and it, it, there's things to be excited about with Wendell Carter Jr. And then, you know, the Vets that have really stepped up and the way Donovan has used Thaddeus Young this year, whether or not they trade him or not, that's another reason to be seen. But he's improved Thaddeus Young's trade value just the way he's used him this year. And if they want to keep them great, they'll continue to mold some of these young guys. So they're entertaining and they're, they're not good, but I, like they, they can compete, which is the first time they're watchable, which is the first time I can say that. And feels like a well, they're, they're, they're actually, they're actually coached by a real uh, NBA basketball coach, not Correct. a cheerleader who like to talk about spirits and, you know, who knows what he would talk about after a game. I, I I hesitate to think that if I went to a high school coach's press conference, they wouldn't have sounded a little more basketball technical than Jim Boylan. Yeah, that's 100% true. I used to talk about with friends, like, you know, obviously Jim Boylan's had been a coach in the league for a long time and has had some success and has well regarded as an assistant, so I don't want to, like, take anything away from him, but totally agree. I mean, the way some of the speeches and things said – as we all know, mimic like what I would hear from, you know, I don't, I would say freshman year basketball. I don't want to say eighth grade because my dad was the team in eighth <laughs> right. grade and my dad, I thought was a coach, but yeah, it was, you know, it was very yeah. yeah. well, right. no, no, no offense, Jim, but we heard that in ninth grade. Right. Well, it, the, the boiling era, if, if I may, was the most bizarre start to anything that's ever happened in Bulls basketball history. And that, of course, is saying something when you have Jerry Krause running around telling you that uh, Steve Coulter and Brad Sellers are going to be household names for my old school Bulls (laughs) listeners out there. There You made it about four minutes before uh, in in mid-80s. Bulls reference. You know what I did? I was clocking it. That was Jordan's third year in the league. It's really he, – uh, he was so mad they didn't pick Johnny Dawkins and that they traded for Steve Coulter, was a halfway decent player with Portland, that he <laughs> ruined Steve Coulter's life for th- like 30 games to the point that Krause had to trade him, <laughs> which, which is just brilliant. Uh, but – my point, getting back to modern day, somewhat modern day, when Jim Boylan was announced as the head coach, Hoiberg leaves, and here's Boylan, and they're having the press conference at the Advocate Center, and I'm standing there as Pax is talking, and 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 and, and Boylan is up next, but Boylan is standing in the herd with the media on his tippy toes, listening to what Paxson is saying. And, and I'm looking at him like, what are you doing? Why? <laughs> you're, you're trying to figure out what this guy is talking about. So you know what to say. You're like, are you trying to figure out how in the hell you got this job? And then he got up there and I was like, Oh my God, this is the guy. Uh, and and shout out to my to our my guy Danny Parkins who had the take at the time. He's like, you know, you looked far and wide across the entire NBA. Somehow, some way, the best guy to coach the team was miraculously sitting right next to Fred Hoiberg. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was it was um it was a really painful couple of years, and I think you know a lot of players suffered for it. Zach Levine probably more than anybody. Thaddeus Young obviously suffered through a year, 
where we didn't even know what kind of player he was um, until he, he got a real coach in there. But, you know, Zach definitely suffered. I think a lot of the negative, the negative talk about Zach stems from him really not being coached properly um, for the last couple of years. And, and Brian, I, I want to go back to, like, I mean, if, if Boylan was coaching Pat Williams, uh, Patrick Williams, I don't know what that would look like. But you're super excited about him, and, and so am I. And, and, David, I'm assuming you are the same. Absolutely. But, but okay, so I'm watching the Lakers in Utah last night after Bulls T-Wolves, and there's Donovan Mitchell, and he's flying down the lane, and he's just ridiculous. And you don't, like, Patrick Williams, he's not that. Like, what's, what is exactly he's I, – I get it. He can shoot the three, but he's kind of – he's a little stiff. Like, what's he going to be? I'm not saying he's not a nice part, and I think it was a good pick, Ooh. and it was a weak draft. But like, is he, is this going to be? Maybe I'm totally wrong. Is is this a guy you're going to th- give the ball in the post to, and he's going to be a beast down there? Maybe he could be. Is he going to be a force on the drive, and you can't bump him off because he's so strong? That's possible can, too. Can, can I give, can yeah. I give you a comp of of who I think he could be? Go ahead. Is is Jalen Brown? So I think I think the comp that I think the player that you're trying to mold him towards is Jalen Brown from the Celtics who started off very similarly, a really strong athlete who had some defensive ability, had a little bit of off the dribble, but, you know, certainly, you know, needed a lot of work there, was a competent shooter early, but was not a shooter. But I I think that's where Patrick Williams, that's that's where you're hoping that his development goes towards, um, is is Jalen Brown from the Celtics. What do you think, Beto? We're going to see in the All-Star game. Yeah, that's... I am. I just he's easily the most excited I've been about a rookie since Derek, and that includes. I mean, Jimmy didn't play a ton because Tibbs didn't play a ton of rookies, but you could see Jimmy was going to be good. But given the minutes that he plays, including Markinen, Carter, Kobe White, some of the other high picks they've had, what them? I love him at the four. If I'm being honest, so I think he could play the three, but. In the modern game, the opportunity to stretch it out, he can defend the best front court player on the other team any given night. I mean, you're saying it's not necessarily Donovan Mitchell. The dude's the youngest player in the league, and he's massive. He can shoot, and I'm, you know, Mark makes fun of me because I'm almost an analytics guy to the T, but I still believe fully that, especially in the playoffs, how important the art of the mid-range game is, and he's good in the pull-up. He's good in the mid-range. He's just very crafty with power associated with it. I think he's having a two-way player once you get to the postseason when the team finally does get good is so valuable that I think like he is, along with Zach Levine, just a complete cornerstone. I think they got, not I want to say lucky because they they, they obviously drafted him because they liked him, but I think even though it was considered a weak draft going in, it wouldn't totally surprised me to see him be like the prize or at least one of the top three along with maybe LaMelo in, in that draft. I'm, I have all, nothing but praise for the guy. I love him. I love him. He's, he's, clearly, he's clearly a better shooter than we thought he was when they drafted mm-hmm. him. You know, the fact that he came off the bench, he only averaged, what, eight or nine points a game. So, you know, I don't think – I definitely I, – I liked his upside and I liked the pick but I didn't think he would be as good from that 15 to 18 foot shot where he had shots over players. That's, that's why mm-hmm. I kind of compared him to, to Jalen a little bit there is he hits tough shots. 
in the in in those that area of the floor that uh, Brian's talking about, which is why he's excited because in the playoffs you are going to have to make tough shots. The defense picks up, and the fact that as a 19 year old player, like he said, 19 years old, and he can make tough shots in that area of the floor, you know, if he has the natural development with ball handling and shooting, he's going to be a heck of a player. He is a physical freak. Like I, I, I'm literally thinking sort of almost LeBron-esque with how big he is for a 19-year-old and like fully developed. It's like it's not normal. Like, there's no way you're 19. Let me see your birth certificate. And you've got me think <laughs> right I mean does he real I mean think about what I looked like at 19 and what he looks like. I mean sh- I mean good lord. I mean they, they just they showed in the Bulls game last night. They showed a highlight of an old T-Wolves game. Bull, I don't know if it was Bulls with Levine as a 19-year-old. So, as he had just come out his rookie year, and like you said, he looked like us in high school, Levine, who obviously filled out. So, the fact that Williams is the same age as that video from 2014 is just absurd. By the way, the yeah, Bulls... He looked like a skeleton. He looked, yeah. looked like a skeleton in 19. Let's just know? let's just get on the record that that was the year they traded up to get Doug McDermott, and they could have picked Zach Levine, and we could have Zach Levine and Jimmy Butler. But never mind. I I will I'll let that one go. Uh, and know what's sad? So this is even to further draw. Then is there a more? Obviously, it's impossible because they were traded for each other. But given the dynamic of the team with Levine on one wing, who's obviously just an unbelievable scorer, but to have a two-way wing like Jimmy Butler that can facilitate a three, I feel like they'd be the perfect pairing for this roster um which i sometimes think about which is pretty sad but having butler and levine at the two three would be as complimentary as you can get well let me get back to zach in one second here but just wrapping up the patrick williams conversation you guys got me thinking that i don't know could this be sort of Kawhi jr too i mean what do you think of that comp it's the easy one right Go ahead, Brian. I mean, I, I, it's what you hear just because he's a, a, a tweener, 3-4, that's athletic, that's a two-way player. So it's like the obvious one, but it's it's tough to do given the fact that, you know, uh, he's played 40 games or whatever the heck it's been. But at the same time, it, it makes sense from the standpoint of Kawhi Leonard was kind of, even though he didn't go as high, was flying at draft boards a little bit. He was unknown going in, and he had big hands. You know, he surprised people with his offensive game early. So, I mean, I mean that's obviously pie in the sky. But well, I think it's just um, I, I think, think it's, it's hard. To, it, so. it's, it's always it's always hard to compare anyone. Like when mm-hmm. Kawhi Leonard was in his first three years, nobody thought he would be Kawhi Leonard. Right. right? When Steph Curry was in his first three years, no one knew he was going to be Steph Curry. So I think in the first three years of a player, there's only, you know, a handful of guys like Anthony Davis was one of those guys where you knew he was going to be a top 10 player in the NBA, you know, when he stepped into the NBA. But outside of Anthony Davis in the last seven years, there hasn't really been many other players that you knew uh, the day they stepped into an on the NBA floor, you're like, all right, that guy's a top 10. That's going to be a top 10 NBA player. So I think it's hard to compare. You can compare his game similar to Kawhi, but is he going to be one of the five best players in the NBA? I mean, that's a, that's hard to project. Yeah, I guess I'm like, it's like a Mark Carmen walking into the Tribune Tower gym. As soon as he stepped on the right. floor, you knew that guy was going to be. That's, that's an excellent point. But I, I, guess, I guess I'm just thinking about the way he's going to play. Like he – 
and and maybe I thought I was saying something intelligent that literally everyone's saying it's not intelligent at all when I compared him to Kawhi. So for that, I I probably should apologize. But like I just see him. I don't see him as, you know, back-to-the-basket guy, and I don't want him to be stand-at-the-three-point-line guy. And I do see him as a very good defender who can cover wings and bigs. So his offense, it looks, you know, I, I don't know if he'll be as dynamic as Kawhi has gotten himself to. Obviously, nobody knows that. But I, I, I guess what we're talking about is somebody who scores somewhat similar to that. Similar type of player, certainly, I think is, is fair. So even if he's a certain percentage of that, and and that's not always going to be the most flashy right out of the gate. But, you know, like we've talked about in the playoffs, it's so beneficial to have that. And his defense is, as, as David said, really locked down uh, during the playoffs between defending the paint, defending the paint and the three-point line. The ability to hit from 15 to 20 feet becomes increasingly more important. And he's shown the ability to do that. I just – I, every time I watch him, he doesn't like. It's not like he gets the ball every time down the floor, so his stats aren't going to like jump out at you. But every time I watch him, I'm like, oh my gosh! Like, I I think sometimes, even though people are excited about him, I don't think they're as excited as I think they could be, and maybe even a year or two from now. Yeah. All right. Let's let's move over to Zach. The conversation this year was about, you know, should they trade Zach? I think that's pretty clear that they're not going to trade Zach. I'd be extremely surprised. I'm guessing you both both would be as well. But moving forward, he's got one year left after this year at $19.5 million, and then he's an unrestricted free agent in 2022. I think he's happy here. I think he'd stay here. But this is going to be a real talking point now. Do you make him a max player? And to Beto, what you were teeing up – can he play with another max player and, and not have as much freedom as he has right now and be the guy that you, you know, can feel real solid? This is the guy that I want as my second or even, you know, third best player on the team if, we, if the Bulls really get lucky and can, can add some superstar talent in the draft, which would be a miracle, but you never know. Well, I think, I think one, um, one, one area that I actually look at, one of those – analytics so maybe Brian will like this statistic but I read uh the other day that the Bulls offensive rating with Thaddeus Young and Zach Levine on the floor is 120 and it's like plus eight they're plus 8.2 or something like that and then with Zach on the floor without that it's 105 and it's negative 8.2 and so I think that speaks to Zach's ability to play with another player and the importance of it. And I think the reason you're seeing Zach Levine playing as well as he's playing, and I, I pointed this out, if you, if you go back and look through tweets that I would send, I don't think anyone could understand how important Thaddeus Young has been to Zach Levine. So when you get to those ends of the game, when you get to the end of the game and Zach Levine, everyone knows Zach Levine's going to have the ball and he's got he's to try and create a play for the team. What play did you run? What play could you run that was going to be successful? Um, they didn't have one. And so what does that leave Zach? It leaves him shooting bad shots. It leaves him uh, uncertain of, of what shot. So what Thaddeus Young has done is when, play, when teams double-team Zach Levine, he is 100% confident in just giving the ball to Thaddeus Young. And he gives the ball to Thaddeus Young, and Thaddeus Young kind of does the Draymond Green for Steph Curry, he's kind of similar to what Draymond Green has done for Steph Curry for years, which is teams double-team Steph on the ball screen, he gives it to Draymond and runs a four-verse-three break. You know, or if they switch, 
uh, Thaddeus Young is able to just kill these smaller players in the post. And I think that confidence has helped Zach to now play a much more unselfish game, to have confidence that he can give the ball up and doesn't need to take these, these bad shots. So I feel like that tells you right there his willingness to play with another really strong player. I, I, I just don't think that's going to be a problem for him. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think also when you think of like just the whole roster construction and the money and all that, I feel like if the Bulls had no other pieces I trusted, and this even goes back to the Patrick Williams discussion, that it might make sense to either at some point trade or move on if you're going to max him out and then not have anyone else that can help him. But given Williams, maybe even Carter, Williams on a cheap contract for the next few years, he might be able to give him some help. And what the improvement that he's shown – even though he's not a good defender, but he's clearly improved, and a lot of metrics will 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 back that up. Is like into David's point, the ability to play with other facilitators, um, I think, speaks volume about about him as a player. And I and I'm I'm full on board with Zach being a cornerstone of this team when they do become hopefully a, a potential potential contender, especially without a point guard. That has done everything. A true point guard, I'll say. I like, and I, I know people get upset because it's either people like think that Kobe White's not a true point guard means that oh they think he's terrible. No, I think Kobe White's a real like like a skill set. I think he's a good player. I just would question his ability as a facilitator, as a starting point guard on a contending basketball team. So, but with someone like Thaddeus Young, or if they go for a true, they find a true facilitator, a point guard. It's going to be that much more dangerous. So that can segue right into the rumor mill once again, which is Lonzo Ball's name has been out there. And pure point, way better defender than either Zach and or Kobe White. And underrated shooter. Like he's shooting 39 from three. He's not a great shooter, but he can hit it. What the problem with Lonzo for me? Before I ask you guys to, if if you if you'd make a deal for Lonzo, the head on Lonzo Ball. I mean, this is not he is not a leader. He's a complete introvert, and I, I just there's something about his personality that 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 makes me hesitant to really want him on my basketball team. Like I don't know if that guy's going to get the most out of his ability. But I love on paper a big guard who likes who can defend and is a pure point and is super fast and can shoot it halfway okay. There's not a lot of those guys. So I think it's a really interesting name and it make and I love the concept too with with Levine and Kobe to have a third guard and let, let, let them all split the minutes a la let's go old school Detroit way back in the day and they can it doesn't Kobe doesn't have to be that pure one when you're when you're lining up like that so I like it but I'm not sure if, if I really would feel comfortable with Lonzo where, where are you guys at Dave why don't you go ahead uh, you know I, I like Lonzo as a player like you said I don't have a lot the, the introverted nature of him and um I have some of those same questions that you do. I think the I think the biggest question is, and I think it kind of falls into marketing as well, is he's I believe a restricted free agent, similar to yep. marketing. So the question is, what's what's his what does he believe his value is, 
and what do the Bulls believe his value is, and is that going to coexist with each other? You know, so I think that's kind of that's kind of the big question is, all right, if you trade for Lonzo Ball, and yeah, he can help them this year a little bit, but we know this isn't a, a championship contending season. So if you're making a deal to get Lonzo Ball, I, I think your intention is to have him for the next, you know, three, four years. You're going to have to sign him to a three- or four-year contract most likely. So the question is, does Lonzo Ball see him as an $18 million a year player, or is he going to sign a deal for $8 million a year? So I think those are some of the questions that you have to ask. As far as a pure player, with exact, what you talked about there, yeah, he would be a great fit in the sense of how Zach plays, uh, how Lonzo would, would allow Zach to play off the ball some, to not have to worry about, because uh, as Brian said earlier, sometimes you can't let Kobe facilitate the offense, and then Zach gets caught up kind of having to make too many decisions. Um, so having another person that could take a little bit of that load and then take that load off of Kobe as well, that Kobe could maybe just be a little bit more himself. Um, from that standpoint, I'm, I'm on board with it. My questions are similar to what you said. Is he the type of personality fit that you want? And then where does he fit into from a financial standpoint as to what he believes he's going to get? I think it's a, I think it's such an intriguing question. Um, in general, with how much of a nerd I am, I'm intrigued by the potential of a restricted free agent for three months. But they, I think the basketball fit makes a ton of sense. Um, and I'm just curious, A, what's the cost for whatever it's going to be a couple months until they decide if they want to match any offer that he'll likely get? And then on top of it, it's like, okay, what do you do with Lowry marketing? So is he involved in Alonzo trade because he's in a similar situation like David said? Like I said a minute, a few minutes ago, I love P. Will at the four. So is that your four of the future with Carter at the five and Levine at the, the two or the wing, whatever you want to call it? Alonzo fits really well with being a facilitator and a good defender to Mark's point. And if they acquire him prior, it, depending on if it's not a long-term cost or asset that they give up, it gives them the opportunity to evaluate the roster with him on it and running the point guard show with Zach, with P. Will, with Carter, and then they can decide, you know, if they want to match any offer that they get or just, um, you know, pay him as much as he maybe wants on the uh, potential open market. So I think it's a very intriguing question. I'm sure it's something that'll that those rumors will probably heighten up to the deadline over the next few weeks. I mean, look, if you want to get married, you probably want to sleep with her first, right? I mean, that would be uh, that would be the the ideal standard way of going about it. So this is basically saying, like, we want to go on a couple dates with you here, Lonzo. We want to yeah. get we want to get to know you. So, like in my mind, if you know that you're not keeping Larry Markinen, that you're not paying him, barring you know a complete stunner that nobody in the league wants him, and you can get him for nothing. I'll trade Larry Markkinen for Lonzo Ball. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're if you're if you know you're moving on, like then you're then you're giving up a, an asset that you're that you're giving up nothing in essence, um, you know. And it would suck to trade Thaddeus for him, but Thaddeus isn't going to be here when this is really going to happen. I and mean, we're talking about a 15 year vet, so I would do that too just to try it out. But I mean, you, you, that would suck for this year, and and I'm sure the players wouldn't exactly love that right now. So I don't know. Um, the other things you can just trust your scouting and be like, look, we think he's worth 12, 13, whatever it is a year. 
And we know how he's going to play here. We we know how to scout basketball, so I don't necessarily need to have him play it out this year. And if, and if the value makes sense in the offseason, then you go get him. I mean, I would assume these are the type of conversations they're having over there because, yeah. you know. Totally. Oh, and it's, it's a lot of fun just to, like, listen to. Like, it's, there's no – I don't say there's – you know, I don't want to be indecisive or right or wrong. I think there's all things to weigh. I think it's just an intriguing conversation, and you just have to weigh the benefits versus – potential disadvantages because it's not a slam dunk either way. Yeah. And I think uh, as, as we've really talked right now, there's really, as far as a future championship bulls team, there's really only two players on it right now that we're sure of, you know, Zach and Pat Williams. That's why we're talking Mm -hmm. about them so much. And so the bulls, the bulls are in that same position. That's why they're, they're, they have a lot of players right now that they are trying to figure out where they fit in the scheme in the long run. And, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what Karnishevis actually actually pulls off with marketing because that's a, that's a huge question uh, is what, what does he really think about Larry marketing? And it's really interesting from that standpoint because we don't have any idea – really how he thinks yet other than what they do and okay you just won a lot of equity with the Patrick Williams pick that no one had him there you went and did it impressive big time and so now I mean this is going to be rubber hit the road here big time stuff here in the offseason what do you what do, you, what do they really think of Lowry we I, I I assume they think, think he stinks but we don't really know right <laughs> we don't know we have no idea what they, he he's been great being close to the vest. And we know one thing though about him from looking at some of the other players he drafted in in Denver. There's no doubt he likes skilled players. So, you know, Lowry would fall into someone that people would say is a skilled player. So that's why you just don't know um, how he really feels about him. But we do know that Arturis is 100% like skilled basketball players. And if we go back to the to the Butler deal, um, I'd still enjoy having Jimmy around. But the fact that Zach has turned into an All Star player and, and and Lowry's gone sideways, it's 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 not the worst trade they've ever made. Let's put it that way. So, um, all right. Yeah. There's been worse. There... There's been funny worse. <laughs> well, well, to add on to your your final point of are the Bulls a good team? So at at one point I thought the Bulls could be a good team this year, and that point was when they were on their West Coast trip. And they had, for a very short time, they had everybody healthy. Um, and that's almost been non-existent this year. You know, they didn't have Sadoransky and marketing early. Then Carter got hurt. Then marketing got hurt. And, you know, they, they've never and – and Porter, obviously, has been hurt. But if the Bulls were able to have all of those pieces together, the one thing that would make them a good team is their depth. They, they wouldn't – they clearly don't have a five. Their, their top five guys would be in the, you know, 20 to 30 in the NBA. But their ability to come off the bench with almost like another starting type five would create a lot of problems because there's a lot of teams that, you know, struggle for depth in the NBA. And I think that that would have been the one way the Bulls could have eventually been a good team, not, not a team that's going to contend for a championship because you have to have more than one go-to star player to win a championship. But um, they could have been kind of a, a, 
a fun, difficult team to play against because when the starters go out of the game, the bench could beat you by 10, 12 points. I mean, it ain't going to happen, but they're a half game back from having home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs, and they've dropped it. (laughs) And they've dropped multiple games that they should have won. Painful, painful losses to Dame Lillard and Steph Curry earlier in the year. I mean, they really should be the four seed right now, which is completely insane. Um, And to Beto's point way back when, the schedule's going to get a lot tougher, and I don't think they're going to finish ahead of the Miami Heat and or, uh, well... I wouldn't expect they've only got they've only got two wins against winning teams. Right, that's a problem, gentlemen. <laughs> th- this this was a fun start. We're doing this every week. Your your Bulls pot on DeWindy, David Edelman, Brian Beto. Hit us up on the old Twitter. Are the Bulls a, a good basketball team? We'd love to hear from you. We'll see you next week, gentlemen. Thank you. All right, thank you, Mark. Thank Mark, you good to talk to you as always. Love you. XOXO. What was the rationale for the seven minutes per half? Well, we felt that uh, the doctors had said a uh, certain amount of time. Uh, we felt we were going to try to uh, uh, make the odds right uh, in a situation where we would reduce the odds. If things are beyond our control. I went to Phil and said, offered me the opportunity to come back the next year. But he, but he said, I don't want to go through a rebuild. I don't want to coach a bad team. You know, had Michael been healthy and wanted to come back, I don't doubt that Krauss could have rebuilt another championship team in a couple of years. This program was recorded on tape for a live audience. Late on the clock, Lavina three. Oh, stop it! I thought uh, we had a. They had a ten-point uh, or I think a nine-point run in the first quarter. It started with two of our turnovers. So the one thing we talk about with Milwaukee, Toronto, Boston is they start their spurts usually with you making a mistake. Really proud of our our structure in our G League right now and how we're doing it. The inbounds pass comes into Jordan. Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win! They win! Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.